You and I have just been through a year of major life changes. And I think all of us are wondering the same thing. What's next? What's next for our country, our world, and ourselves? And though many people are hoping that things will just go back to the way things were, I think there's a lot of us who are wanting to know, what's the way forward into something brand new? We don't simply want to wait to see what change comes next. We wanna be a part of making things better. We wanna make a difference with our lives, but we're not always sure how to do that. We're not sure we're the right people and we're not sure the way forward. Here at Community Christian Anywhere, we believe that God is always working for our good and he wants us to join him in this work. Jesus is inviting us into a life where we're not held hostage by the changes and circumstances of our lives, but we get to join God in making a difference in the lives of others. And in this video, we want to examine a way forward that we believe will lead our church and our community into the future God has in store for us. And no matter who you are or what you believe about God, we want you to join us in this because no matter what you think about God, we believe he can't stop thinking about you. He's for you and he only has good in mind for you and your future. And we wanna help you find all that God has in store for you by inviting you to join the movement of God's people known as the church. Now, you may have some hangups about that idea. And so I wanna ask you to stay tuned throughout this video because we are gonna look at the mission God has been inviting human beings into for the last 2000 years. And this mission is the way forward for us as a church. And I believe for you as well. Hi, my name is Benjamin and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. In many ways, I think 2020 for lots of followers of Jesus was a time when we got drawn into what was happening in our culture and we focused in many ways on self-preservation, which in some ways that was appropriate. But the way forward will call for us to not focus so much on ourselves. Instead, we're called to focus on the needs of people around us. And as we begin this new chapter in the service of King Jesus, it's time to take the attention off ourselves, our desires, what we think is right, what we think matters, and we need to put our attention on the world around us. Because we believe that what God wants to do is to release the power of the church to accomplish his purpose in this world. You can see Jesus preparing his disciples for this kind of thing. John, who's one of the writers about Jesus' life, writes a lot of his book about the final week of Jesus' life, with the time he spent with his disciples. There's several long chapters where he's just giving them sort of last minute reminders and encouragement. But his constant is, I'm about to leave, but don't worry, I'm gonna release you guys out into the world, and when I do, you're gonna do things that are much greater than what I've done. He, he makes clear. Now, when he leaves, the mission isn't finished. It's just being launched. So he dies, he's resurrected. And in Matthew 28, he commissions them. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'll be with you until the end of the age. So they're released and sent out in the world to change it. 
And we can follow what they did in this New Testament book called Acts. It's just this incredible account of the first days of the church turning the world upside down, going from a small group of just over 100 to over 3,000 in a single day to a multitude too great to count in the following years to eventually becoming the state religion of the largest empire in the ancient world in just a few hundred years. And through this video series, we're going to look at this account of the early church because the way forward for us is really to go back to what they were doing because we believe that Jesus' desire is to release the full force of this congregation to love people in our area one life at a time. And being united is a really big deal. Together, we want to release the full power of the church to love people in our area one at a time. One at a time is what we want to be about. I believe that's how Jesus impacted and influenced our world. And the reason I believe that is because when you read the life of Jesus, it's the model we see him employ. Jesus had a short amount of time to launch his life-changing mission, and he did that by loving people, caring for people one at a time. And then we're gonna see the same thing from the life of the early church. They care for and love people one at a time. So I just wanna make sure you get this because it seems to be confusing to people in our day. The church that Jesus launched changed the world, not because they had some highly educated, politically powerful, ultra wealthy influencers on board with them. That's not how it happened. That's not the story that history tells about the church. The story of the church is a story of a very diverse but unified group of ordinary people coming together for something bigger than themselves. Ordinary people going against the things that would separate them, coming together to be used by God in an extraordinary way. I believe that in this current era we find ourselves in, we have an opportunity to live that out in ways that I've never experienced in my lifetime. In a world that is divided over everything, where people make things that don't matter become things that really, really matter. And I know many people hope that ending the pandemic would see us come back together, but the division and the hostility just seems to continue to escalate. In the midst of all that, the church has an opportunity to shine as a bright light. If we can come together, we can release the full force of the church and love people one at a time. And when we do, Jesus will be seen for who he is. He's God's chosen. He's the king of the universe. And I think that's what all of us want. Deep down, we want to be difference makers. We're not always sure what we can do, but we want to do something. We feel compelled to say something. I mean, sometimes our efforts are misguided, but not our intention to make things better. We don't want to just be people taking up space. We don't want to waste our time. We for sure don't want to be part of the problem. We want to make a difference. We just don't know what our role is. And so I want us to talk about how we can come together to make a difference in this part of the world. And the place I want to start in this talk is to talk to you about something the Bible calls the priesthood of all believers. This is a basic Christian teaching. And what it means is that the Jesus mission is not just for pastors or super spiritual people, it's for every follower of Jesus. We are all part of the priesthood. We're all a part of the mission that God's given. And by the nature of this teaching, it doesn't work if 80% of the congregation thinks the church is here for me. 
It's primarily for my spiritual needs and my spiritual entertainment. It just doesn't work that way. For the church to be released to love people one at a time means that this year, you're not just gonna attend, but you're gonna engage and participate. It means that your mentality is not to receive, but to give. It means that you're not gonna sit, but you're gonna be looking for ways to serve. It, it will be you finally buying into what we say. This is not content you consume. It's a community you belong to. Like when you come, you come for your benefit or do you come for the benefit of others? There's this big verse in the New Testament that tells us as we gather together, it says, do not forsake the assembling together as some people do. And the way most people talk about the gathering is, don't forsake coming together because when you do, your faith will grow stale. You'll need to come to build you up for the next week. But that is not what the biblical writer says, it reads. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our gathering together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. The reason we come together, it's not to be encouraged, it's to encourage. It's not to be spurred on, but to spur each other on. Of course, you know if we're all doing it, then we all get mutually built up. We all get encouraged. This is the priesthood of all believers. So what I wanna to talk to you about today is the way forward for us moving from unqualified to unleashed. And I'm using both of those words really intentionally because I think the thing that I've heard in my time in ministry that holds so many people back from doing what God would have them do is this idea of, uh, I'm just not qualified. I mean, we all have our experiences and then we take our experiences and we start adding up in our heads. We add our mistakes to that and then we multiply all that. But what we see is our, our inadequacies. And we look at the problems in the world and we think, there's nothing I can do. I mean, I want someone to do something. I for sure think God should send someone to fix this. It's just, it's not that I'm unwilling. I'm just not qualified. Lord, I, I grew up in a really broken home and then I made that worse with my own mistakes and I don't know much about the Bible and I've never been a good student. And I mean, I spent more time holding God off than I have been inviting him in. And so you think in your mind, I wanna make a difference, but probably I just screw that up too. And you do pray for God's kingdom to come in this world. For sure, you want it to come in you and your family, but you don't feel qualified to be a kingdom bringer. If you have any of that in you, I hope you will stick with us because as we look at the story of the first followers of Jesus, you're going to see what really is the story. You're gonna see it all throughout the Bible. It's this, unleash the unqualified. He loves to demonstrate his power in and through our weakness. He loves to take the very thing that you feel like disqualifies you most and use that for his good and his glory to accomplish his purposes. In some ways, it's the only thing that really connects everyone in the Bible that God uses. They're just so ordinary and they all feel unqualified. The first two leaders of the first church are two men named Peter and John. When the church starts, they've been following Jesus for three years. They watched him die, then they saw him resurrected from the dead. Then they see him ascend back to heaven and now they're a few months past that event and they have a brand new movement of people following Jesus that is already exponentially larger than the group of followers Jesus had when he left. But think about it. 
they didn't apply for this job. They didn't raise their hands and say, ooh, choose me, choose me. I volunteer, I volunteer. If this was a job application, no company would have ever hired these two. They're too unqualified in every sense of the word. Don't believe me? Here's Peter's resume. He's very impulsive with a knack for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And yet in the first days of the life after Jesus leaves, he becomes the primary spokesman for the church. And John? Well, he seems to have an anger problem. So much so that Jesus nicknames him Son of Thunder. And Son of Thunder is not the nickname for someone graduating top of the class in Bible college. It's the nickname of the biker gang leader who has a face tattoo. There's an account in the life of Jesus where John asked Jesus for permission to call down fire from heaven to destroy a town that disrespected him. And Jesus is like, no, this is not really your love everyone always guy. Even though later in his life, John would pin the famous words, God is love. And that if you don't love your brother or sister, you can't love God. But that hadn't happened yet. If you looked at their resumes on day one of the church, you would never choose them. But God unhooked them from their inadequacies and in their past and unleashed them to change the world. And one day, early in the life of the church, Peter and John are arrested for preaching about Jesus and they're brought before the religious leaders. And here's what the religious leaders' first impression was. They realized that Peter and John were unschooled, ordinary men. They knew they hadn't been taught the ways to talk about God. You know how those of us who aren't mechanics and you go to a mechanic shop and try to explain what's going on with your car, but you don't really know the right words to use and you can see in their eyes that they know, oh, this person is unschooled and ordinary. That's Peter and John speaking about Jesus to the religious leaders. That's the unschooled part. But the word we translate as ordinary is the Greek word idiotes. It's where we get our word idiot. Now, didn't have the sting of ridicule to them that it does for us, but they are saying these are uneducated idiots. They're not qualified to speak, but God is using them and they are doing it. Now, if you're like me, you've got some words that make you feel unqualified, untalented, uninspiring, unexperienced, under-resourced, unprepared, uncertain, unattractive, un unemployed, unessential. Then here has always been a big one for me unworthy. And when you say those words out loud to someone, I bet people say to you what they say to me. Oh, that's not true. You're worthy. You're more than qualified. But let's be honest, that may not be right. It wasn't right for Peter and John. The truth is, they were uneducated and ordinary. And maybe you're not talented or inspiring or experienced or prepared. Maybe you're not that equipped. Maybe all of that is true. But here is the good news of Jesus. We don't qualify ourselves. It's Jesus who qualifies us. And the one thing I know about him is that he loves to take the unqualified and unleash them for his kingdom purposes in the world. So the reason Peter and John are even before the religious leaders is because of an act of love and compassion, which was what Jesus had commanded them to do. They're headed to the temple to pray. A beggar is asking people for money. He's been doing this his entire life. We're told he's been a cripple since birth and people bring him there every day. This is his life. 
He's the kind of guy that just becomes background for most of us. We don't notice. We don't even see. Maybe you notice the first time and you wonder what that's about, but eventually you just walk on by. But we're told that Peter and John looked straight at him. They see him. They stop. They look at him. Now, here's something I honestly hadn't thought much about before. We're told he sits there every day. That means Peter and John and Jesus must have walked by this guy many times before. This wasn't the first time they'd seen him, but this time they stop, they look at him. Now, for whatever reason, they know this is the right time. It's the right time to speak. It's the right time to do something for him. I just wanna say, you know, as we take a step forward as a congregation into the new reality, we're gonna be looking at things in new ways. Some that will make you uncomfortable. In the months and years ahead, we're gonna look at some of the challenges and struggles in this world and what we can do to make a difference for Jesus. And there might be something in you that just wants to look away, but looking and noticing, that's how we start making a difference in the world. It's a part of the way forward as we see problems and people in need and we stop and step into the moment. So Peter and John look right at him and they show compassion. And this has been the move of the Jesus community. God unleashes the full force of the church when ordinary followers of Jesus show extraordinary compassion one life at a time. As much as anything else, extraordinary compassion, it makes room for the good news of Jesus to be shared. And, and that's what happens here. Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy gets up and he starts walking and it creates this huge stir because he's been sitting there every day and now he's walking around praising the Lord and, and people begin to gather because of this compassion and they listen to what Peter and John have to say about Jesus. So here's what I want you to catch. It was their unusual act of compassion that gave them the credibility and it creates the opportunity to connect people to Jesus. And so, this is our way forward, and we want to go out of our way to love people one at a time. Because every radical act of compassion gives credibility to the message of Jesus and creates the opportunity. My wife and I love to watch cooking shows. I bet that surprises you. I recently had someone share a clip from an episode of the show Chopped. And in this clip, there's a professional chef named Lance, and he's a Christian. How do I know that Lance is a Christian? Because he says it a lot. Now, there's another chef and she's in her late 20s and we learned that she had a really difficult life. She was raised by her grandmother and from another country and her grandmother's dying. And so if she wins, she's gonna take the prize money and she's gonna spend some time with her grandmother. So me, I'm rooting against the Christian. I do not want Lance to beat that girl who wants to go see her dying grandma. But Lance wins. And when they announce it, everyone's celebrating with Lance. And then the girl starts walking off. And Lance says, hey, hey, wait, wait. He says, hey, I really enjoy the competition, but I want you to have the prize money for your grandmother. And I'm like, yeah, Lance is a Christian. <laughs> yeah, he is. How I felt about his testimony? Everything changed 
when I saw it backed up with this extraordinary act of compassion. So here it is. If you're willing and you're open to the spirit, all of us will have the opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And even people who think they know what Christians are about, when they see ordinary people showing extraordinary amounts of compassion in Jesus' name, they will see Jesus and they'll see his truth in a whole new light. Acts of compassion can bring credibility that can create an opportunity for us to connect people to Jesus. That's what was true for Peter and John. And it wasn't their qualifications. It was their compassion that unleashed the gospel. See, for too long in our culture, we thought the way to change things that were wrong was to have the right answer and then go and get in power and position and get people to do the right thing. And now in our world, the more we get divided, it appears that more people want to double down on power and position. But that is not the way of Jesus. This is not the way that his kingdom comes into this world. The way that Jesus lived, the way that we should live, it's humility and compassion. That's the way of Jesus' kingdom. And the opposite of that is pride and indifference. So the way forward for us is to be united as a church and for individual followers of Jesus to unleash extraordinary acts of compassion, one life at a time, that will create opportunities and give credibility to the good news of Jesus. And, and I know, for many in our day, com compassion is okay. But let's not just not make it uncomfortable by bringing up we did it for Jesus. I know it takes courage to say, hey, it wasn't me. I'm giving you this because so much has been given to me by Jesus. He's the reason for this. That takes way more courage. But the way the kingdom comes is extraordinary acts of compassion followed by speaking about Jesus, and then things begin to change. That's what happened to Peter and John. The religious leaders aren't angry that they healed somebody. They aren't angry about that at all. They're angry that they did it in Jesus' name, who they killed. So they threaten Peter and John. They tell them to keep quiet. We kill Jesus, we kill you too. But. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed? Really? Like we helped somebody and you're gonna to try to make us look bad because we helped somebody? Do you wanna know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he said his name. And then, just in case there was any confusion in the room on what Jesus Christ, the one that you crucified, that God raised from the dead, Jesus is the one the scriptures refer to when it says the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone and there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And then it says, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And that's why Jesus loves to unleash the unqualified. Because what gets noticed is not that you're super talented or you're well-resourced. It's that no one would have done what you did except that you spent time with Jesus. So here's the way forward. 
the full force of the church is unleashed in our world when ordinary people spend time with Jesus. And when you do, he leads you to doing extraordinary acts of love and compassion one life at a time so that people can hear about his good news. And if you're unqualified, doesn't matter. If you feel unworthy, it doesn't matter. Uneducated to unexperienced, none of that matters. The only unword that matters, the only one that keeps you from filling the purpose for which you were created, it's unavailable. When you spend your life saying to Jesus, well, when things get back to normal, well, maybe when things slow down, when I get my life together, when my kids get done with softball, when I get all cleaned up, all of those things you're saying, hey, all you're saying is I'm not available. My challenge for all of you who are part of Community Christian is to make yourself available to Jesus and you'll be surprised how he will use you. God wants to use you in his mission to bring his kingdom into this world just as it is in heaven, but you must make yourself available to him. And so I want to invite you to join us here at Community Christian Anywhere as we are becoming a people who are making ourselves available to Jesus to learn from him how to love everyone always in ways we never expected. All you have to do is reach out to us by texting the words next step to the number on screen. And our speaker for today would love to talk with you and help you get connected with our community here. Because in order for this video to be more than just some content you consume and forget about, then it needs to be a doorway into a community that you can be committed to. And we'd love to help you with that. So please don't hesitate to text. But no matter what you do, I hope you leave knowing that no matter what you think about God, he can't stop thinking about you.